I want to start <clears throat> maybe in a little bit of an unusual way, but I want to start, um, I want to read Ezekiel um, 36. <clears throat> Part of the reason why I want to read this is, um, so, you know, we had a good, um, one thing I love about our group is we can Sharp, sword sharpens sword. You know, sword, sword sharpens each other. And it was fun last week. Um, Jason was like pushing back on me, which was really good. It's actually, it actually is good um, because it gets me thinking and it gets me like, okay, you know, going back and wrestling. And and I think that what Jason, so what we were talking about last week, we're in Isaiah 41, and what we were discussing last week is it, Isaiah 41 is in essence a court case. That God is bringing against the nations, and in essence, um, in this court case, which God is obviously the judge and the plaintiff and the jury <laughs> and the prosecutor, as He's bringing this indictment against the nations, He's also then turning, and although doesn't really sort of say it, He's in essence turning to His people who are in exile in Babylon, and He's comforting them. He's trying to tell them, you know, you are, you know, remember Isaiah ended with Hezekiah and Isaiah 39, and all of a sudden we jump a couple hundred years, and the people are now in exile. And so, obviously, the people in exile are thinking, where is our God? Mm -hmm. Okay, he let us do this? Is he really the God that he says he was in Isaiah 1 through 39? And kept showing himself to be. And so these people are now in exile. And the question is, will they, the question always, to all of us, right, is will they trust God? All right. And God is coming back in his grace in Isaiah 40 and saying, comfort, comfort my people. Um, but he's giving this sort of tension. And that's what Jason was bringing out. And this tension between I'm both bringing my grace, my forgiveness, of your sins, um, I'm bringing comfort, I'm encouraging you, I'm saying, I am your God, I am still here with you, okay, and he's telling that as he's really bringing judgment also on the nations, um, but there's a tension there, I mean, Jason was bringing out that tension, there's a tension, we don't really, we're not in that court, we're not listening to the tone of the words, and I think as you were bringing out, maybe the tone of the words that even maybe sound comforting and encouraging can also be ones of, how would you put it, maybe? I mean, you were saying this last week, but just, I guess, um, they're, tension. And they're, 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 they're a bit, they're accusatory. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, accusatory <laughs> meaning they're, they're, like... He's accusing their arrogance. Okay, yeah. He's accusing their... their how... Again, over and over. Don't you, do you not see, do you not hear? <laughs> right. How would, much proof do you need? When are you going to choose good? Yeah. And what is, and, and what's he after them to choose? Yeah, well, good. Repentance? Uh, well, well, yeah, but they like, choose, just, choose, choose to trust. Choose but that trust. trust means you have to repent. That's right. You right. can't. You, you can't run. You know, you can say you're a Christian, but until you've been blessed with the gift of repentance, 
you're not running the race. That's right. And that's why that's it, you can't go anywhere until you realize you're guilty. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and you need to turn to the Lord and accept the gift. That's why in seven seven thirteen, referencing Christ specifically, he doesn't get the good stuff until he chooses to reject evil and chooses good. Right? And that's for us. And that's what he's saying. Do you you not hear? Hearing, of course, is doing what I tell you to do. Not just listening and then doing what you want to do. Do you not see the proof proof that is in every letter of this book? Right? So he's... uh, to me, when I read that, there's, it's just laden with, with very obvious accusation as well. And I, and going back to what you just said about the repentance, I guess that's the tension I'm going to lay out here that we're seeing in Isaiah, is you go back to the repentance. Well, what is required for repentance if we go back to Isaiah 6? I mean, Isaiah 6 is still like the cornerstone. It is the, it, it is, Whatever you want to choose, term. It, it is I, Isaiah six is what drives all of Isaiah, and actually drives all of Scripture. Okay, which is, are you going to allow yourself to be encountered by the living God? And when you are, are you going to repent? Are you going to recognize that I am? Before I guess one way of putting it, before you can be the servant Isaiah, you need to recognize you're the sinful Isaiah. And to be able to move from that sinful Isaiah to the servant Isaiah, which is what we're talking about in Isaiah 41, it's just what you said. It's that repentance. Um, but in John, humbling, humbling. in John, right? Well, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, it's all over. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you say you see has just damned you. Exactly. Right <laughs> now, now you are yeah. screwed. Right. 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 You're you're you're. If you were blind. You'd have an excuse. Yeah. And now, and so we're, you know, we're also, I think, in a sense, where Isaiah 6 is you have Isaiah, if you remember in Isaiah 6, Isaiah is the one who becomes the, the sacrifice for the people, in a sense. He's the one that represents the people. He's the one that says, I am an unclean lips with yeah. an unclean people. And the hope is as Isaiah represents that repentance and that turn, and you see what happens is the sins are forgiven, right? The seraphim said, you know, brings the coal and the lips and all that happens. That what God's hoping is that his nation, Israel, his people, will do the same thing Isaiah did. And the tension throughout all of Isaiah is, will my people turn? And will they see their sin and will they put their trust in me? Not in what? So idols. Yeah, idols. Man. Very good. Idols and uh, themselves. Well, themselves, the but world. and the world. What's the whole thing? Well, what's yeah, the world. But what? What's the term? What's the term in Isaiah? What? What? What is the? Who is God bringing judgment on in Isaiah forty-one? The nations. The nations. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So it's really, are you going to follow me? Okay, or are you going to follow the nations? And what are the nations doing? They're making yeah. idols. 
Right. Yeah. But, but all making that, war against but all each that other. Be broken, right. That okay. could, Always. That could be broken down. That's why, oh, Jacob, oh, Israel. Uh, you, yeah. you, the individual, you, the, the, the nation. Right. So, but Man's you, will or God's you will. Can't, the nations are made up of the in, individuals trusting themselves. Yeah. Or their fear or whatever. They're yeah. the ones creating. That's that's where I... Oh, it's so cool. It's not just, oh, Israel. And you see this pattern. I mean, this is the pattern yeah. of Scripture. This is a pattern right. of us today, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. This is the pattern that, I mean, right now, Jason and um, Chad, they're teaching the youth. Okay? Oh, really? And they're in, they're in Genesis. Um, they were in Genesis 32, where we get from last week, why is, why is Isaiah addressing Israel as Jacob also? Jacob, Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. After wrestling and, with God. Yeah, and it's really that that change. It's a t- change between sinful yeah. versus obedient and trusting. And what's interesting, and I had not seen this before, is they were going through Genesis 32, and what do you do? You see Jacob who wrestles with God. Okay, and is humble, recognizes, just like Isaiah, comes is in the presence of God, wrestling with him, recognizes that. Okay, God takes out his hip, takes out his okay, hip. but turns him and gives him a whole new name, which is Israel. But it doesn't take long, like that, before Israel, which is Jacob, just goes sort of right back into not really trusting God, and you have the whole scene with Esau, right? Again, where he goes out to meet Esau, he's all scared and everything. Yeah. And in uh, in um, Genesis 34, which I think is what Chad was going to do Sunday, but you guys didn't. In 34, what's interesting is in that story, he's going to meet Esau. He's all sort of freaked out and everything, and you see he's just sort of going back to his old, sort of going back to his own J- Jacob. And it's interesting because in that passage, and I've seen that he they actually referenced and said, you know, you've seen the face of God. You, you've met this God. But the, but the, the irony, yeah. even in 32, is <laughs> yeah. is that immediately, your name's Israel. What's your name? God's going, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that little segment is what that's, that's all good. of this and, and everything yeah. going forward references. It's like, you haven't known me since the beginning. And yet... Here I am. You're, you're looking at my face. You even named the place the face right. of God. That's right. Exactly. You accepted the name I gave and you, and yet you asked me who I am? Right. And I and I, I mean, that's again why I love what we do here on Tuesdays, because we have to stay, we have to stay in this. I mean, I can say this right now, but trust God, I can walk out the door and not trust God. I mean, it's this constant daily, stay at it, stay at it. You just, you give up for a second, and pretty soon you're off doing your own thing, trusting yourself. Yep. Forgetting about God. Just, we, we, were, we were in warfare. I mean, yeah, I never, never yeah. trusted myself. But we do without even thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Being led by the flesh instead of by the spirit. Yeah. yeah. In that relationship. Right? With Isaiah, especially, he was the first when God called him out. He was repenting. I mean, he said, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm a man of unclean lips, unclean lips people. 
And right there, that was the start of a really good relationship. You know, I, mm. he said, no, that's what I want. Humility, and I want yeah. I want that from your people. Maybe you can serve as an example to the rest of these well, idiots look, that can't even so hear. It's a great question. Why did he want, why does God want that from us? Well, okay, so that's To be a, yeah. a light to the world. Well, but, 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 yeah. but before you get to that point, why is that important? Why does God look at you when you come and say, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips among unclean people? What is it's, he, what it's is he, that relationship. What does he ascertain of you at that point? He wants you. But he wants what your is, attention. Not what he both. wants. What does he, he want you. from you answering that question? What can he tell about you when you do that? You've, you've humbled yourself. It, well, you, but, but you, you are honest. Yeah, yeah, right. You have integrity. You're somebody yeah. that he can trust. Right? Once you have that question is, hey, I am having to prove to you so many times over and over that you can trust me. And all you have to do, and all you have to do is say, I'm a knucklehead. Yeah. I, I, I blow it every day. And then you, he goes, ever, I trust you. Yeah. Jason, you get to, if people in this world, you say you're a sinner, and they're going to look at, no, I'm not. I don't need to be forgiven. Yeah. You know, right. I, I mean, the majority of the world's like oh, that. Oh, but as soon as you realize that you're a man... Okay, we're going to get off. Yeah, I want to keep oh, going. Oh, oh, so. Hold yeah. on, hold on. So there's, there's, I'm sorry. No, it's good. This, this, is, good. Cold. this is a good discussion. This is, this is, I was kind you of... You know, fired up with this, so that's good. I was really Let's reading... Let's see if I know... You know where was love that? Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, in Isaiah here, there's, there's a component... I'll find it. Anyway, boy, oh, boy, it is exactly... What is on point? Yeah. What, what, what's going on today? Um, yeah. the, what you're saying? Like, I mean, it's exactly. This is what's going to go down, and it is just verbatim. I'll find it. Yeah. So, and I think so. Going back to what you and you're asking that question, which is good. You haven't had the question, Jason. Your answer is important, which is what's also trying to happen here. It's not just that. This pattern is not just we want. God wants his people, Israel here, that he wants them to turn to him and yep. trust him. Yep. Okay. That's not the end of the story. Because he wants them to do that for a purpose. Yep. And that purpose is what you just said, to be a light unto the nations. Mm -hmm. So the nations will then turn and come. And if you look at Revelation... And actually, if you look at what happened with Solomon, and you look at what actually Hezekiah in a minute, yeah. what happens is you have this pattern, and what what happens at the end of Revelation is ultimately the nations all come to Jerusalem. Yeah. God is seeking not just his people, but he's seeking his people to be the light to bring the whole world to him. And that happened with Solomon for a little mm -hmm. point in time. And if you think about it, I mean, you guys ever, in, if we didn't really cover this a whole lot of detail, but the irony is, in when I had you read Isaiah 12 through 39, mm -hmm. okay, if you remember, as you got to like 36, you know, so all this judgment came upon Israel because they didn't believe Ahaz, and, okay, so this judgment comes on Israel. So then Hezekiah comes to power, and you think Hezekiah. You start thinking, hmm, maybe the people got it, because the king represents the people. So Hezekiah, okay, goes through this whole thing where it, he ends up trusting God, and 
God delivers them and gives them, what, 40 more years of life or something? Mm-hmm. And so you have this pattern where you think, oh, look, here's Hezekiah. He's trusted God. God has delivered him. God's given him life. Wow, the, the Israel and the people are now finally going to put their trust in God. And think what happens. When Hezekiah puts his trust in God, there's a danger. <laughs> the, 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 sort of the, the, plus, the two sides of the coin. What ends up happening next is what God wants. He wants the nations, the nations recognize that God has done this miracle at Hezekiah and that God has delivered Israel. Mm -hmm. And the nations see this. And the nations go, wow. They go, what's this God you serve? And so what ends up happening is with Hezekiah, like this, Assyria disappears because of Hezekiah's faith okay, mm-hmm. in Israel. Assyria disappears like that. Who ends up taking over? Babylon. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So, what ends up happening? Because of this, Babylon, looking and going, wow, look at your God. We want to find out about it. What does Babylon do? They come to Hezekiah. Yeah. Just like you should. The nations are coming to you. But what ends up happening? He sells out the ranch. Right. He does what you say you don't want to do, yeah. which is like, oh, show me your look treasury. At me. Look what I've got. All of a sudden, yeah. like that, his arrogance turns on. Right. And he ends up not being a light to the nations. He ends up <laughs> giving back into the nations like that. That's because he started to trust himself rather than. That's right. Well, and he also valued the things of the world as opposed to, what are we here for? Oh, yeah, God's provided all this stuff, but that's not even a thing. God has given us. Yeah. So you get, I mean, we just have this pattern. We're supposed to be a light, and so easily, you know, we see what God's doing in our life, and then all of a sudden, that light, it can turn around. (laughs) So the church is like, you be a light, and all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, about arrogance, about trying to uh, make well, it's, here, it's, right? it's, it's what happens after success, right? Right. That's he right. did what he was supposed to do. He came and he preached the gospel. Yeah. He helped the sick. He helped the widow and the poor. Right. By right? doing all that, and Lord blessing and blessing, and all of a sudden he's going, gosh, we, we got this much. Maybe if I ask for more, they'll give me more. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, never mind if we give Jesus God. Right. I've got it. Never mind trusting God. Now yeah. I'm going to try to do it myself. So you just see this pattern and all. Yeah. It's just an interesting pattern to watch in our lives. And that's why it, it could be a type of our own life. Oh, can it, it is. is. It absolutely is. Absolutely. Can I, can I read this super quick? I yeah. What you, what you were saying a second ago. That I was, is this Genesis? Well, no, no. This is Isaiah. <laughs> oh, Isaiah. Isaiah 8. Um, um, 16. Uh, two, three, Hold eight. on. Isaiah 8. eight. 16. Eight, 16. But it, it goes all the way through the bottom to 9. It's just it's just like kind of in a, in a nutshell, like what's happening now. It's amazing to me. Bind up the testimony. Seal the teaching among my disciples. Okay, so that's... All right, we'll get into it. I will wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold... I am the children whom the Lord has given me. 
are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts, who dwells on Mount Zion. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony. It's just, that's... Yeah, you know, to the word of God. The, the word and the, and the proof. Right. The witness, yeah. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. Christ. Dawn is a reference to Christ. They will pass through the land. This is what we're seeing all over our country and the world right now. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry. That hunger is that void that God gives all of us. That can only be filled by God, right? And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king, Trump, Biden, and their, and their God. I have heard so many people that I know just saying the most angry things about God. Yeah. Or prayers or anything. It's just yeah. the weirdest. And turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into the darkness. Yeah. And remember what you're reading there, which is really good. It's on the back of that board still. With that whole chiasm we showed. And again, I think this is where, this is, I mean, where the rubber meets the road is, but this is where we're at today, right? Yeah. Because absolutely. how do we see... We see the evil, we see the sin, we see what the world's doing. Yeah. And we on one hand want to be the judgment of that. <laughs> okay. How do we be that light of people coming to us and seeing God in that? So they might be cursing God, but do they come up and they look at Jason like they were seen with Hezekiah when... You know, Hezekiah was like, God had done all the stuff for Hezekiah. They saw Hezekiah recognized his work God had done. And Solomon too. Right? And started wanting to come to him. Yeah. So will they come to Jason? Will they come to Greg? Will they come to Eric? Will they come? I mean, will they come and see in us something where they want to not just look and say, oh, they're just, okay, we can bring our judgment, but don't be blunt. Okay, these guys are a bunch of. You know, you know what, because all they're doing is judging the world, all they're doing this, and those Christians, those Christians, in a sense, we're going to get that, because we should be preaching the gospel. So, preaching the gospel, it's going to be a scandal. But at the same time, what does the Apostle Paul say, is he wants the world to look at us and say, we, what, what is, who is your God? Maybe there must be a real God. Right. And so how do we live lives? It's very hard. It's true. In which we see, in which we do that. John and I were discussing this whilst working out the park the other day. I work out too. Because Bob Wallace. So, just can't help it. It's part of the deal. Because um, it is a struggle right now. And, and I'm talking to multiple people that are really struggling. How do we... Be in the spirit and in this world, and cope with the mounting pressures of that, and the idea of being the light, right? Well, Christ is the light through you. That's right. So, what do we have to do? Just, just get yourself out. The analogy I came is like we just 
You just need to be a, a lantern, right? That that just we allow the light of Christ to move through us. We don't have to do anything except, except, except be there. Let it go. You right. know, just be right. holding it. And and he said, and, and John goes, and our job is just to continuously be cleaning the glass. So the light will just shine as bright as it can. Shine. And I was like, uh, oh, that's good. That's good. Like that. Yes, that is awesome. Isn't it? That's yeah. it. Yeah. I think a, a great one the other day, too, that Dave took and changed the word Christian. It used to be Christ I am. So we have been given the gift to walk around and be Christ. We are Christ. We are it's, Christ. It used to be... Yeah. Spell Christ, I am. And and they took the M off and put the N on. Not that it would help us, but... (laughs) Well, it is funny, because that makes Christian sound like a nation. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and Christian was actually a derogatory term in the book of Acts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The word actually started out being a derogatory term. Little Christ. Yeah, little Christ used by the world as a as something against Christians yeah, in the yeah. word of Acts. The Christians were never called Christians. In a way, mocking way, Christians. You know, the way or something. Way. Yeah. 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 Well, the question is, yeah. how does the world see our light? Right. And I would suggest that um, integrity is the doorway to spirituality. And so when people see that you mean what you say, you say what you mean, and when you're going to do something, you follow up, even though it's hard and you have a better opportunity. It's that integrity of your, con- your, your conduct in all these different circumstances that people see that's different than the way everybody else does things. And so if that's how the light gets brighter is how, how much integrity you have and how you walk your life and, and Choices in your values. And these days, it's not that hard to set yourself it's apart. That way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. All right. Okay. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel. Yeah, let's just read Ezekiel for a minute. Okay. Um, if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles. Um, Ezekiel 36. Do you have the CSB there? I do. Um, 36, you said? Yeah. yeah. E- Ezekiel 36. Um, what verse? Starting from the beginning? No, I'm going to start at 16. 16 I just want to do this as sort of an opening to go back to where we're going to in Isaiah 41 as we sort of finish up some of the stuff in 41. Um, So, actually, Bill, why don't you read um, 16. 16. He has the CSB version. You guys have the the ESV. Um, What do you have? I have ESV, but I could do the common Jewish Bible. Or oh, you know. the common Jewish Bible. Look, why don't you look that up while I've been doing this? So you're going to do 16 through 21. Okay. Okay. Want me to go ahead and start? Uh, let's wait until Steve gets yeah, his. Yeah, everyone gets his. Steve gets his. Here we go. It's hard to recognize the names in Hebrew. Okay, so you're going to do 16 through 21. I'm going to do 22, actually, through 32, and then Steve's going to do 33 through 38. Okay? okay. You guys ready? So just listen. Just listen to what, um, just, yeah, just listen. <laughs> here. The header on this word, is... Hear the word of God. The header on this is uh, Restoration of Israel's People. 
the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, while the house of Israel lived in their land, they defiled it with their conduct and actions. Their behavior before me was like menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath on them because of the blood they had shed on the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered among the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and actions. When they came to the nations where they went, Profane my holy and profane my holy name, because it was said about them, These are the people of the Lord, yet they had to leave this land in exile. Then I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they went. So you can see what the reason is as to why mm-hmm. they were sent away. Yeah. Okay. And you see what is most important to God here. Is what? His what? His name. His name? Yeah, his name. Okay. So, 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness. And from all of your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart. And give you a, I, will, sorry, I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanliness, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant, and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. So I want you to notice here before we continue. So notice that they, in judgment, were sent away. Mm -hmm. Okay? But then, what is fascinating here is, what does God do? They're away, they're in sin. And listen to the sequence here. What ends up happening first is God acts in grace and mercy on them. Okay. His grace and mercy upon them is then what God hopes will turn them into, from repentance and make and, and say they will be clean. So it's not that the people act first in repentance. It's that God, through his abundant grace and mercy, acts 
Yeah, and the hope is that his people are thankful. Are thankful and return. Okay, for yeah, that. Yeah, 31 it says, you will remember your evil ways and your yeah. deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourselves for the iniquities and detestable practices. Right. That's right. a pretty way of putting it. And so you get a little bit of an idea here as we are out there preaching the gospel. There is sin that we preach, but we also preach the grace and mercy of God that we hope will lead people to repentance because of the recognition of how great and good our God is. Okay. Um, all right, so go ahead and Steve, read 33 through 38. Adonai Elohim says, When the day comes for me to cleanse you from all your guilt, I will cause the cities to be inhabited and the ruins to be rebuilt. The land that was desolate will be tilled, whereas formerly it lay desolate for all passing by to see. Then they will say, the land that used to be desolate has become like Gan Eden, and the cities formerly ruined, abandoned and wasted, have been fortified and are inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, Adonai, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted what was abandoned. I, Adonai, have spoken, and I will do it. Adonai Elohim says, In addition, I will let the house of Israel pray to me to do this for them, to increase their numbers like sheep, like flocks of sheep for sacrifices, like flocks of sheep in Jerusalem, at its designated times. In this degree will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. They will know that I am Adonai. Yeah. And who will know? <clears throat> the nation. The nation. nation. <laughs> yeah. So you see that sort of pattern again. So we, I, I read this because in Isaiah 41, going back to the court case again, here is this tension again. It's like God is bestowing on these people. He's judging the nations. But he's telling Israel, here's all my grace and mercy. Here's who I am. I am your God. I am with you. And his hope, <laughs> his hope is that his people will turn. But you bring out that tension of will they or will they not? And that's what we're, that's what we're at. Because we're looking at Isaiah 40 through 48, 55, this whole section of Isaiah. The question is, here are the people in, in exile. God is bestowing, bestowing and letting them know and telling them, I am your God. I am still with you. I will do all these things for you. This is who I am. I'm going to judge the nations. But the question we're going to have as we continue through Isaiah is, will they? Will they, follow <laughs> will they see that grace and mercy of God in turn? Or will they not? It's sort of like the question we are waiting to see as we're going through 41. It's that first step of repentance and recognizing that they're, they're sinners, yeah. that they have sinned. That's yeah. the first step. Yeah. And it goes along to the Spirit. Yeah. It goes along with Romans 2.4, which is that the goodness of God leads you to yeah. repentance. Yeah, and that's a great, I love I love that there, repentance. And again, that's part of where it's going to be, we always have to watch ourselves a little bit. Absolutely. Is that are we preaching the gospel that at, is that balance? Yes, you're in sin, but people are not going to turn because you just call them a sinner. They're going to turn because you have to be declaring the good news of the gospel that Christ 
ask God to give, forgive me your sins. Yeah. Well, well yeah. you know, and he says, like, in these times of famine, and, like, and the stuff that's going on now around us as well, if we are close to him, he says that won't touch you. Right? Yeah. And people will that's look right. at us and go, why aren't you affected? Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So true. It's the goodness of God. Right. That, and that's that's the the way you let the light shine is just that's you you right. let the light shine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You it ain't you shining yeah. it. No. no. It's the Lord. And because that's part of. Yeah. You're gonna say, Eric. Do you think the fact that they were in exile was actually a gift? Because it kept absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it was a gift. Sure it was. Well, a lot of times. Well, the irony of the irony of God's judgment is it can become a gift, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and again, this is why it's so important for us to be hearing this. We talked about Isaiah 41 last week. So turn to Isaiah 41, because this is the word, these words to Israel back then, as we're talking about, are the words to us today. This is our God. This is who he is for us. Okay. Um, And so. Isaiah's life is basically our life. Right. And, And Israel's life is our life. Okay, yes. as we see. So turn to um, page 218. Let me pick back up where we were. 218. Yeah, I haven't been here for a while. <laughs> I got a mic. Yeah, where you been? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of judgment. Under somebody's house, really. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, you guys can, you know, pray for me because I'm actually right now sort of in the wrestling mode of trying to figure out. I'm, I'm doing the sermon the day after Christmas. And um, it's I'm just sort of that mode of listening to God, trying to just go, okay, what discern, figure out what is it, and I go through this whole wrestling thing, trying to figure out how to go along. But um, I'll give you a little bit of a thing. It's that yeah. I was um, I was thinking at first, like, just going, okay, well, you know, what do people do at the end of the year? They start thinking about New Year's resolutions, yeah. right? Okay, for the New Year. We all know what resolutions do. Okay, and I was thinking about what we're going through in Isaiah and how God is, well, it's really your bookmark there, okay, about how, what do we, Isaiah 48 and other places are saying is that we have been given this as a way to remember what God has done. Okay, throughout all of history, that he is the one who has done it. And that our, that by looking back and immersing ourselves in what God has done, we put our trust in him to give us the hope to move into the future. Okay, by his spirit, by his direction, not by our, by our own. And so I was trying to think of, I was wrestling trying to think about what the thing was. I was in the morning, in the morning, it was like about almost seven o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you why, seven. And I was trying to go, okay, well, I'm trying to think of what, what would be a good passage or whatever around this. And Nan, I don't know if you guys know Nan, Luke, who does the um, sound back here, but she sends out to a number of people every day a verse of the day. Yeah. And I actually didn't even know until Sunday, because I was telling her about this, I didn't even know until this last Sunday, I didn't know how she came up with the verses that she sends out every day. Because she does this every day. She sends one out from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament. Oh, okay. And, I wondered about yeah, that. Yeah, and she literally, I'm like, wow. This she is on just, her app. Well, it's not an app. So she, she literally just opens up the Word of God. Oh, okay. 
and, and just like, okay, God, what do you want me to send out today? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sitting here at home. This is on December 1st. <laughs> I'm sitting here at home going, what is it, you know, what I, I'm trying to find a controlling passage because I'm sort of, the, we're done with Advent on December 26th. So I don't have a subject, per se, I'm supposed to be preaching on. So I'm trying to, you know, think about, okay, what... Jeff what, gives you all the tough ones. Yeah. And so I, um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm sitting there thinking at about 6.45 in the morning, whatever you do get up early. I'm just trying to wrestle with it, but it's December 1st. And all of a sudden... Bing, into my phone. Okay. All right. And Nan sends out Romans 15, 4. Gotcha. And this is what it says. It says, um, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I said, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, and so I'm really, part of what I'm, thinking about it is using that as sort of my controlling verse, and I want to go back to some of these passages we've looked at in my sermon in Isaiah here in our group. And one of them is this passage in Isaiah 41 that is such encouragement. Okay, because if you look at 41, we were, we were looking at last week in Isaiah 41, 8, you know, um, and we did this last week, spent pretty much all the time. But just, I mean, again, listen, I listen to this, I just go, wow. But you, Israel, my servant... Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Mm -hmm. And remember we talked about last week in Galatians, we are shown to be connected to Abraham. John tells us that Jesus says we are his friend. And you see how it goes all the way back from Isaiah here all the way to us today. You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest concern, saying to you, you are my servant. You, I have chosen you. I have not cast you off. I mean, how many people need to hear that? <laughs> how many people need to hear, fear not, for I am with you. That is the whole theme of Scripture right there. I am with you. Always. God wants Always. to be with you. Right here. God with us, right? Emmanuel. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yeah. And then, super powerful. How many of you remember who were here last week? Steve wasn't here. I listened to the podcast. Yeah. So okay. So don't. Okay. <laughs> so, no how many of you remember how we ended last week? Which to me, I'm actually thinking about maybe trying to do this in the sermon with someone. Maybe Jason, you'll be there. I'll do it with you again. No. But <laughs> remember last week? So what happened last week? How did we end last week? I'm jury. No, yeah, I'm sure. How do we holding hands? We held hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jason. How could you forget that? And and why did we hold hands? Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Why did we hold hands? 
Because that's what God hold does. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. No, it's very good. It's, 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 it's a great Yeah, answer. I just want, yeah. Um, God holds our right hand. God guides us with his right hand. Yeah. Right. He holds us. He holds our right hand yeah. so that we don't lift up our right hand. <laughs> that's what I got from it. Yeah. Right. And it's so very, very good. Excellent. Charlie. That's perfect. So, so if you look right here, and where we got this is in Isaiah 41, yep. 10, it says, I will, up, God says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, which is the power of God. It is what gives us life. Mm-hmm. It is what guides us, okay, mm-hmm. and everything. But God is talking about how we are his. He's really like the, the parent and the child almost, mm-hmm. okay? Oh, and what does he do is he has his right hand up. In power, that nothing can defeat us. We have no reason to fear because of His right hand. Is He is holding our right hand? Okay, so Jason came up. Come up. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta practice. (laughs) Yeah, right. Now, of course, this doesn't look very good because I, I don't think I, I'm not going to look like the parent of the child. No, you, you're, you're God. Nobody, nobody says. I think we'll do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, it's like God, I mean, what an illustration. God's right hand. Power. As, as our parent, as our father, okay, who's going to guide us and hold us and fear not. And he is holding, takes our right hand, Jason's right hand, as like the parent of the child. What, what do we have to fear? God's holding our hand to anything. And what, what's cool is I was saying this to Eric. So when I when I pray, I this is the, the visual. Uh-huh. And so you what's what's ahead when you do that? What's ahead? Literally, what's ahead? ahead? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if we walk hand in hand, yeah, yeah. W- with you upholding, right. right, with your right hand, yeah, you have nothing to fear. I got. I'm not going to stumble. No. Nope. Right. All right. I'm not going to make any mistakes okay, by that. my own hand, right? And you're 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 ahead. You're clearing the path. Actually, I, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because so that what you just said there is what I would love to say. People, it's not about your resolutions. You're going to try to make no. on your own. Your plans will fail, as it says our board over there. That's right. Go into this year holding. Take your right hand, and you mostly want to control everything. Instead, put it down and grab God's left hand so, and let him guide you through this year. So part of my own prayer life is like, I almost, and it's so many times, God, whatever you don't let go of my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, guide me. You know, don't don't give up on me. Don't don't let go of my hand. It's so funny that all this is coming down right now. It's just like very moving. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to have God in your life. And that's such a good visual to just take like a we're Abba, right? Well, and it's one of the, if Daddy. I'm, if I'm gonna take out, say I'm not going to do my own thing with my right hand, and I'm gonna go and take, I'm literally saying, God, I'm trusting you. It's the submittal to guide me. Yeah, right? the and, and that's the it. It's submission and, and it's trust. And how much power do, do we have? No, no. zero, no, no. zero. <laughs> right? But, right? But he says he gives us all. Through, through him. Which he, him. Through him. Yeah. And you see through how that through hold his hand. And the, right, and the righteous right yeah. and the righteous right hand is the way the Father refers to Christ. Yeah. Right? That is. That's right. how I'm going to uphold you. And he's alluding to the day as well. 
And as we read the next thing, there's a point that we'll get to that some generic I would suggest that the operative word is endurance, because people dealing with lives, it's the endurance of dealing with life that makes this hope and opportunity a better selection. And in that passage, I won't get into it because I keep going up, but there's an interesting how in Romans and Greek, there's a lot of like how that passage looks in Greek as what's the endurance. The endurance and encouragement of Scripture bring hope, but it's the endurance of the endurance that comes from Scripture. Is it the endurance and encouragement that comes from Scripture, or is it the endurance that you need to keep as you are being encouraged by, by Scripture? All both bring you hope. It's all really yeah. the same thing, but that's what I'm going to say. It's the endurance. How are we going to make it through the next year? Yeah. But how we're going to make it through the next year but is by is that encouragement for you getting to that place where you want God to lead you. Yeah. It's yeah. too hard on your own. <laughs> so. Right. I have this prayer mm-hmm. ministry for a group, and we have hmm? directors all over, like Africa. Philippines, Spain, Mexico, and so, but that was one of the things the Lord gave me uh, last month to pray for was blessings and endurance. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right now, especially. So. Which and the endurance we have, we have, we need each other. We do. Uh, I need you guys. You guys yeah. need uh, this. We need, we each, need other. each other. I mean, that's what Paul talks throughout. And, yeah. And the endurance of, sti- you know, to me, yeah. one of the big endurance of that is sticking in this. It's so, so easy to just keep it over here and yeah. never open it up, you know? I mean, it's part of the reason, yeah. you know, Bill gave me as a gift this Whoa, beautiful new Bible. Yeah. And part of the reason why I love it so much, I'm using it as my preaching Bible now, is just its beauty uh, <laughs> and the feel of it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's and just it, like you open it up and you go, this is God's word. That's right. And it just, um, yeah. And it's I need so, some, those, just those little things that, wow, it's just it's no, it's, it's, open to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's that hope we have in salvation too that gives us faith. Yeah. And I mean, Hebrews talks all about, about faith. faith, you know, mm-hmm. chapter 11. I, it's funny you should mention Romans. i Read it. I've been listening to it in a couple different versions. Romans is an amazing book. Totally, actually, it is. It's an amazing book. It's 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 always been my favorite. I've been in. I mean, I've been in of the Old Testament. First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, and First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, and First Kings and Second Kings. It's amazing what's in there. Well, you can't. I mean, like you talk about the kings, you like you're talking about Hezekiah, right? It's like about finishing strong. Yeah. It's what the, they're all about. Is These kings, they get it for a moment, and then they do the most stupidest thing. You just go, what were you thinking? Right? That's the endurance. But that's what we were faced with daily. Right? Our that's flesh. Our, our, our flesh. flesh. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Which I think actually is why, again... Romans says you we to keep that endurance you need to keep in scripture and the encouragement of what God is doing. You yes, need to continue to be encouraged. That's exactly what yeah. God's doing here. Is yeah. he is encouraging his people to say, Keep at it, keep with me, hold my hand. Okay, so looking continuing on. So look at uh, verse eleven. 
Um, I'll just read this part right here. I think we sort of went through it. God says, in verse 11, Behold, all who are incensed against you. So don't worry about the enemy. Listen to the word against you here. Mm -hmm. Okay, Don't worry about those that are against you. Don't worry about the world that's saying, Oh, you stupid Christians, you whatever, whatever. Okay? Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. That's what's going to happen to them. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. In other words, God's going to just even take them away. You don't have to worry about them. Those who war against you, I love this, shall be nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. Yeah, that's amazing. And then it says, It is I who say to you, Fear not. I am the one who helps you. And then we started a little bit last week. I looked up the word worm again. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. And really, again, the worm here is really, in a sense, it's parallel to the word men. But it's trying to get across the idea that really we can't do anything without God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we can't. Worm's he, fairly useless. Right. And then he says, I am the one who helps you. And just again, continue to li- listen to these words of encouragement. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Anybody remember Redeemer? What do you think of when you hear the word Redeemer? What do you, what do you think of? It? I think Christ. Christ. Where do you? Where is um? What famous story has to do with the Redeemer in the Old Testament? What? Ruth. 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 Anybody remember that story with Ruth? What? Yeah. What? What? What happens? Boaz. Boaz. Right. So is Boaz a Redeemer? He's a type and shadow of Christ. Right. Yeah. But is he originally the Redeemer? Do you remember how what happens with? With no, how the, he, with the land, the, the relative. Yeah, the relative. The relative with the land. Doesn't want it. Yeah, so the redeemer is usually a relative who is supposed to take someone who's, you know, lost everything and poor, right. and in essence rescue them or rescue their inheritance. So it they it they um it stays within the family. Yeah. Okay. It helps the person. But in the story of Ruth, Boaz properly, which is great, he comes and says here. Here, you get all this inheritance, but yeah, you also get Ruth and what, Naomi, I guess? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Redeemer goes, whoops, eh, I don't think so. And Boaz is probably going, yes! Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, God, and God gives him Ruth, Boaz. And, and, then, and, and that, that is the seed of Christ. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. He was the grandfather of David. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just neat to see how these God just threads these again, that right hand. Yeah. Follow him. He just threads these stories together, right? Uh, am I having the verse you were going to talk about yet, or almost? Okay. <laughs> Which verse you tell? Do you want to come? The second half of sixteen. Okay, so then it says fifteen. Behold, I make you a. Okay, so listen to now what also he's doing. I also go back to this illustration Jason just said about walking forward. So as God's taking us forward, what is He also making us? He's, what are we becoming with his power? Behold, I make you a threshing sledge, new, sharp, and having teeth. You shall thrush the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. 
You shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the tempest shall scatter them. And you shall rejoice in the Lord, and the Holy One of Israel you shall glory. Anybody know about how that works with a thrushing, thrushing sledge? And this is actually the story of Ruth, too, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody know what this is? What, what's being taught about when God talks about a thrushing sledge? It's a very, very common thing. Isn't that where they yeah, just thresh the wheat in with, the windy area and yeah. the, the grains fall, right. but uh-huh. then the rest of the chaff blows away and it separates so what separates the the kernel the good? The but how do the how do they get? And what were you going to say? How how do they how do they get separated? They got to be in a windy place. I know that, and they've got to. But what separates them? It's, 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 it's the, the beating. They're the, yeah. yeah they, it's the threshing sludge. It, yeah. Okay. That's what that's what separates the kernels from the husks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then the wind blows, like you said, just blows blows it away. Yeah. But so you so th- they think. Back then, there were probably different types, but one is like a log where you take on a log and you put in these stones, sharp stones, into the log, uh-huh. and you roll the log uh-huh. in on the stuff, and it just thrushes yeah. the wheat and separates the kernels from the husk. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you get this idea of where you God saying, "My people are going to become sort of the judgment upon the nations. Anything that comes against you." At all, just gonna yeah. <laughs> roll over, over you. Roll over. <laughs> okay. So I yeah. think that, that whole section 15 and 16, so, so he's giving encouragement, right? But at the same time, the worm thing is just like, he's, he's clearly declaring man's identity. Yeah. Right? You or man's ability, maybe man's ability. Yeah, and it's, and it's addressing man's arrogance, the, the nation of Israel. It's, you, Jacob, the individual, you, you, I need to knock you down a little bit and keep And those thoughts of worm Jacob mm-hmm. versus men empowering. of Israel. That's yeah. right. Powering through well, faith. That's yeah. when Jacob was a worm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, yeah. And he's, he's speaking of how I'm the one that helps you. I'm the one that does all these wonderful, I am the redeemer. But then, behold, I make you. Right? Like, you don't really have a choice in this. This is happening, right? And then, in Isaiah, it's so cool. There's all these, like, just intermittent, almost like subliminal messaging where, boom, boom, then there's a Jesus thing in there. Like, and boom, this this massive future reference in there that's also eternal, right? Then he comes down to the second half of 16, and you shall rejoice in the Lord, in the Holy One of Israel. You shall glory. Yeah. Like, Sounds like, like it's Jesus to me. Yes, and it's almost saying, this is where I hear that tension. It's almost, in spite of yourselves, this will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? In spite of, yeah. I just realized when I was talking about my prayer, I don't have a prayer ministry, it's God's prayer ministry. But it's as simple as that for me going, I have a prayer ministry. No, the Lord gave me this. That's right. And it's his ministry. That's right. And I'm praying for his people and his servants that are carrying out the work, his work. And so what do I glory in? I glory. Yeah, I don't have the glory. I, all my glory I give to God. It's God's glory. That's right. He's allowed me 
to have this spot where I'm doing this. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. Give him glory. But it's so that I was just like one of the kings. Just just like that. Except I had a I have a ministry. No, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't. That's the importance of staying low and like the word. And that's why it's okay. I have to remind myself because God, God does that to me frequently enough. <laughs> Where all of a sudden I feel like, oh wow, I, I'm, you know, wow, there's ten guys in the in men's ministry Tuesday night. Wow, we had such a good discussion. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. it's just going so good, ever like that. And Come then on. God would just go like this. <laughs> yeah. Once I start just taking something, and I have to remind myself, I hate it. It's so uncomfortable when He humbles you. It's so uncomfortable when He brings you low. But I always have to remind myself, that's okay. I need that. Because, and I just thank God for it. Because if I am let, any of us, if we're let alone to not be humble by God, we're just going to, you yeah. know, arrogant, arrogant. And pretty soon I'm going to just take my hand and I'm going to go, I'm God. Yeah. And I can do my own thing. Well, my I, <laughs> I don't need God. Bye. You know? I'm God. We're out of here. So I'll just make this thing and have everyone think that, yeah, just yeah. insane. That's where the relationship but begins. Yeah. When you're low. Yeah. If you get up here, uh-uh. the relationship's gone. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about our wives. You know, when you're married, with yeah. yourself. for those of you who are married, I mean, the big thing I love most about my wife is she just keeps me low. And I mean that in a really good way. Your mind knows you. But the Lord is close to those who yeah. have a broken spirit and yeah. contrite heart. Yeah. yeah, of course. So that's when he's, he loves you, that's where he's going to put you right. when you need to go there. And you, and you see, so if you guys take a look, look, so after what we just talked about there, notice what in, in God, in essence, I think is saying here this is where you need to be. So, verse 17. <laughs> When the, yeah. So one one conclusion yes. on that that is that to me all this hope that's been given ahead, which is really addressing our humanness, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in the in the moment. This and you shall rejoice in the Lord and the Holy One of Israel. You shall glory again. That that is that is not if you do anything. That is. It will happen. To all everything that's been said, that is the most hopeful thing in the whole deal. Like it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, and so in seventeen, when the poor and needy, so that really I think is what you said, Steve. It's where yeah. this is where God wants to keep us. It's always in this place where we're seeking Him, mm-hmm. and that word "seek" there, by the way, is a verb in Hebrew. Uh, meaning perpetual, continually mm. in need. That you're always, you want to be the blessed of the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. This is the blessed of the poor. Got okay? It, the it. same actual word that gets used here, the poor. Um, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst. And so here you get this, he's using a metaphor, obviously, of, mm-hmm. you know, us being thirsty. But the thirst is that thirst for God, that thirst that mm-hmm. like I need God in every aspect of my life. I need Him, um, and then and so when you're in that state of that humility, when you're in that state, of, like you were saying, Eric, of how do we remain as people of integrity? Part of it is we have to always know we're people who 
who are in need of God for everything we do, right? And so when we are in that place of thirst, and I love what God then says, he says, I, the Lord, will answer them. That's in your prayer ministry, Steve, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's when we cry out to God and we say, (laughs) I need you. And he says, I will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. And then he uses this beautiful illustration of, I will, of really, he will take, he can take anything and bring it to life. Okay. And you listen to what he talks about here. I will open rivers in the bare heights. So he's using again the metaphor of the land. So wherever there is no water at the highest of the high, I can bring water. And the fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. If you guys have ever get a chance to go to Israel, go to the Negev Desert. I have some pictures of it. I have never... It, the desert here is not a desert. <laughs> you go out to Death Valley and you still... Although you, once you get out there enough, but you, you still see plants and stuff. Yeah. You go to Negev Desert in Israel. How do you spell and, it? N-E-G-E-V, okay. N-E-G-E-V, um, and I've, I've gotten some pictures I want to try and bring up right now, but I mean, literally, it is just dirt <laughs> for as far as you can see, and Horrible. you can see, one thing that's interesting is like, one place I was in the Negev, we actually stayed at Bendouin tent, um, because they live in the desert, and we stayed overnight in an actual Bendouin community. Are there, are there mountains? Yeah. So what it is, there's these rolling mountains. There's these rolling mountains, but it's all completely bare. Not a tree, not a shrub, nothing. And you look out, and the vendors were telling us. So you're like, you're standing there, you're looking out, and you look and you can see the, the Dead Sea. Okay. Oh. So you can see water. It's not a barrage. No. It's not okay. a, um, in that case, it's not. You look out and you see that, and you think, Oh, I can get to that. <laughs> and they say people will look out and think, oh, it's not very far away, and they'll start going there to die. Because it's, it's just barren. It's much farther away than it looks, and there's nothing. It's literally nothingness. Okay? It's just, it's, but it's, but the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of nothingness. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. If you ever get a chance, go to the Negev Desert. They'll take you out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no thanks. Uh, you, <laughs> I, I'm interested. Yeah. Masada is on one side. Yeah, of that. it is. Masada is on one side of that. So, so you get this idea. So when I read this, I think of it again. I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land springs of water. And you see this in the Negev, where the Dead Sea is, where Kumon, where they found the um, the Dead Sea Scroll, Dead sea scroll complete desert. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a waterfall. The spring, you know, you see the little oasises out in the desert. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. In other words, I will plant something where nothing can be planted. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together. So God is the one who gives life to all this. And then he says, and tell me whether this rings any bells, everyone, okay? Why does he do this? That mm-hmm. they may see and know, mm-hmm. may consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. 
the Holy One of Israel has created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, does that, what does that remind you of? Genesis. Genesis. What else does it remind you of in Isaiah? Eyes, ears, heart. Isaiah 6. Yeah. Yeah. The cycle like of restoration. Yeah. Um, this is, um, I'll, do, I'll read this, 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 this um, one of the commentators I read in studying Isaiah. This is what he says about this passage, but I think it's a really good summary of verse 20. He says, Here God's purpose in electing and delivering his people is stated as directly as it is anywhere in the book. It is in order that people may recognize who God is by reflecting on his creative, miracle-working power in Israel. Finally, this is what Israel's servanthood is all about. Just as, as Isaiah himself was, the nation is called and cleansed and empowered, not for its own enjoyment, but as a vehicle of God's revelation. This emphasis is especially prominent in this section of the book, but it continues in all the following ones as we go along. It is as Israel becomes a living evidence of God's unique deity that the world will recognize him. Again, it's that light to the world with it. So, well, so when you think about that, right? There's these things where, you, if you if you wrap your head around it, all of a sudden you get these glimmers of uh, glimpses of the fantasticness that life here on Earth can be, right? And you think about, okay, like, you know, we're blessed in our life. Something wonderful happens. God gives us all sorts of provision, money, whatever it is, right? And you're seeing these actions like, you know, miracles in the desert and so forth. And we, being what we are, want to say, oh, we're so blessed. Thank, thank God for that wonderful thing that's for me. Right? <laughs> I get to enjoy right. this thing. And, and I'm recognizing God as the giver of it. And that's, that's fantastic in and of itself. Right? But what if we looked at it and said, and recognize it as simply, that is the glory of God. Like, that is not even relating the fact, yes, of course we get to use it and whatever, but like, truly the part that we rejoice in is not the fact that we get food or money or whatever, it's that, that, that God demonstrated himself in our life. Yeah. That's the, the, the beauty. Yeah. That's where, yeah. and, and I think about that, and it's just... you got a hold of our hand. Yeah. And the way he says it, even when we read earlier in Ezekiel 36, he does it for his name's sake. Yeah. 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 Um, to your point, Jason, it's, it's so much these blessings. Sometimes it's, it's nice to receive them, obviously, and you think that, oh, God is blessing me. And to your point, God's blessing uh-huh. us for his name's sake. Yeah. And then maybe I just flipped back because I'm like, where else did, did that ring a bell? That's in Psalm 23. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's when he grabs our hand and he pulls us to righteous places and leads us. We receive the blessing, yes, but at the end of the day, it's for His glory. And yeah, I just think that's such a, a consistent reframe for us always to have: is this good thing that happens for Him? Excellent. And, Excellent. and you shall yeah. rejoice yeah. in the Lord and yeah. the Holy One of Israel. You shall glory, yeah. because he, right that's going to be way more fantastic, yeah. right? Than right. than gratitude, even. Yeah, I look at eighteen and nineteen as a metaphor for our life. When we were in the wilderness, when we needed water, when when we were struggling, <laughs> certainly, yep. you know, those uh, he delivered, Absolutely. and um, it's kind of a metaphor for our struggles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's funny we've been going over uh, Psalms 23 and uh, uh, Friday, every Friday this men's group meet at uh, Paul Elizabeth's High School. Uh-huh. Uh, when we go over the Word of God, we've been going over Psalms 23 and had this great illustration of this sheep. I don't know where they are, but there's this big ditch that runs along the side of the road and it starts out at a Guys pulling the sheep out of the ditch. The sheep is stuck in the ditch head first. Mm. And he's pulling it by the hind leg out, gets it out. The sheep just takes off and just like, bound in his jumps like this and just goes right back yeah, in the, the ditch. It's like a great meme on Twitter. Right? <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, you should be able to find it. It runs right back. It's so fantastic. Them. It's yep. just like us, right? Yep. It's no wonder they call us sheep. <laughs> right? We're always falling right back. We well, you know sheep too if it rolls on its back. Yeah, I know. He'll sit there and die. I met this uh, a rancher who was like, used to be a, a, a cattle rancher and then went to sheep. And he's like, I thought cows were the dumbest thing in the world. Sheep are so dumb. It's like unbelievable. You should check that out. It's classic. I'm trying to get to hold on. Yeah, so true, Jason. We, we lived in a country place at one point while I was growing up as a teenager. And, okay. and we had a cow, a couple of sheep, and dogs, oh chickens. God. Sheep are so stupid. Oh, my God. They just like, the Bible says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to hurt herding sheep is like herding chickens. Herding Which, yeah, point, <laughs> we, we are to be totally cognizant of that fact. It's right. All right. So as... Um, It's amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, oh look at that. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there you go. And that's about it's just like what we've been talking about all night. That's about how long it takes. The point is, we all have a ditch. We all hope we have a God to pull us out of that ditch. Okay, um, to end, and I want to give you guys a little bit of announcement in a couple weeks. Uh, I want to play this. I just came up on this today. So we started with Ezekiel 36. Yep. All right. And we just ended up talking about how God is, when we're needy, God is one who can bring life out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is in Ezekiel what? What comes after 36? 37. 37. What happened in Ezekiel 37? Yeah. So watch.
And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, I prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slings that they may live. Again, there was the exact desert, bones. nothing, nothing, just bones, and that's what you see is the gap. And then Ezekiel thirty-seven says, "God is the one who brings life out right. of all that. We're breathing yeah. Yeah. and alive right now because of Ezekiel thirty-seven. Oh my God, So, next three weeks, let me tell you what's going on. Actually, I'm going to tell you what's going on for the next seven weeks. Um, so, what I'd like to do is do something next week, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Then we're going to take two weeks off until, so take the last two weeks of December off from here. And then in January, next week. so we're going to meet next week, which I'm yeah. going to talk about in a second. Then we're going to take two weeks off yeah. um, for Christmas, just so everyone sort of have a break. And then we're going to come back in on January 4th, and I'll announce it to the church too, so if any new guys, or you guys know any new guys or whatever, it would be a good time to sort of come because what we're going to do in January is we're going to, for each, there's four weeks in January, and there just happens to be four servant songs of Isaiah. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but those are the four clear references called the servant songs to Christ. And we're going to spend January, each week, we will look at his servant song. Cool. 42... Is the very first servant song. Uh, and we're going to pick up actually where we left off today, the next passage on January 4th, which will lead us into the first servant song. And then we'll go to the second, the third, and the fourth. And we'll spend January looking at these four different servant songs, which sort of these keys within Isaiah that point to the fact that Isaiah's not, Israel's not going to be able to be like God. They're going to keep taking away their hand. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep not trusting God. They need a deliverer. Mm -hmm. And we all know Christ is that deliverer. And it's in these servant songs that he is shown. So we're going to spend those first four weeks in January going through those servant songs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Next week, I would love to us to just eat together. If you guys are open to this. So next next Tuesday to come together and just eat. <laughs> okay, eat. eat, eat. So <laughs> yeah, I, I will know I will bring it. Okay. Oh. So I want to serve you guys. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll get the food, but I want to serve you guys. I was thinking about going to Neopolitan. Neopolitan. Yeah. 
I don't know if you guys ever been there and on PCH and just getting like pizza, some pizza, lasagna, salad. I'll bring drinks. I'll bring the food. Okay. So don't eat. Are you guys up for that? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. So don't eat. Um, Can we donate be, to the it, cause here to help? No, paper? no. It's gonna be. It's a. You know, my gift to you guys. Okay. Church's gift to you guys for being here. So it's just sort of a way of saying thank you for yeah, being here a, all year. I'll send out an email. Anybody who's been part of here can come, okay, um, on Tuesday night. Cool. Uh, if you know of any guys who you think maybe want to be here in January, bring them, okay? okay? And what I'll do is I'll send so out emails. Don't bring them next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but you can. But I'll, I'll send out an email, and if you can, just sort of let me know, you know, if you can say, yes, I'll be here. Because I want to get sort of a count so I get an idea. So I was just thinking about maybe getting some pizzas, maybe like pepperoni, some veggie, yeah. get salad, get some lasagna, drinks. Does that sound? No. How's that yeah. sound to you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm trying All to right. think of the last time I said no to food at this church. Yeah. Don't eat anywhere else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't eat dinner next week, okay? And we'll do that next week and just sort of feast and just have enjoy each other. Thank so, you. All right. All right. All right. Who wants to who wants to close with some prayer? Volunteers. Um, All right. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight and all these men that are here and all of us as we search your word through Isaiah and all of the Bible. Just we're so thankful for your word and your son Jesus. And just lead us down a path where we will always hold on to your hand. And just put our full trust in you. Help us to get our own self out of the way so that we can see your glory. And give thanks daily for everything that you've done for us and that you're doing for our faith. And please keep us in that faith and never, never let go of our hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.